Welcome to the Wet Podcast, episode number nine. Uh, this is the Wet Podcast. This is episode number nine for October 31st, 2014. Happy Halloween for those of you in North America or wherever else they celebrate Halloween. <laughs> I'm not really <laughs> sure about that. So. Uh, that last is Ashley Carlson. She's going to be my guest today. Uh, just some quick stuff before I do that. Um, this is, like I said, episode nine of the Wet Podcast, Writing, Education, and Technology. You can find the show notes at ericmarshall.net slash wet. That's Eric with a K. Marshall with two L's dot uh, net slash wet. I will be posting the video for this uh, podcast as well, which is really super exciting. And uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. My Twitter handle is emarsh. You know the rest. So uh, we're going to jump right into the interview today because uh, I don't have a whole lot of intro stuff. So uh, hi, Ashley. Hello. <laughs> so Ashley is a you're a fantasy writer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Right now. <laughs> right now, right, right. Well, it might change. You know, I might go branch off, but at this point, yes, fantasy writer. Great, great. And one of the reasons um, I wanted to have you on was I was looking for somebody who has succeeded at National Novel Writing Month. For those who don't know, no, November is National Novel Writing Month. It's a, it's an annual challenge to write 50,000 words uh, towards a novel uh, all in the month of November. And uh, I've tried I've tried and failed several <laughs> times now, which we can talk about later. <laughs> um, yeah. But Ashley actually um, has has succeeded and. The reason that I invited Ashley on is because just yesterday you tweeted out that National Novel Writing Month has, NaNoWriMo as people call it, um, has changed your life. Mm -hmm. So let's start there. Tell me about that. Um, uh, definitely. So last year, uh, 2013 obviously, I found this website called Watch that I had never heard of before and it was um, kind of a way to share your story as you're writing it and they were doing a contest where people who wrote in the month of November and submitted their story were put into a drawing to win a couple thousand dollars wow. so um, yeah I mean it was it, and that wasn't really what got my attention it was more of like the challenge and I thought okay you know it's cool that people are going to be reading this as I'm writing it and it was you know obviously the perfect time the start of November so I actually pulled out a, a manuscript that I'd been tinkering on for you know a year and just kind of had put to the side as I usually did with my writing because I was just so tired you know from working full-time and you know I wasn't making writing a priority so when NaNoWriMo came around I thought you know I'm gonna try to enter this contest and I'm going to pull out this manuscript and um, you know try to bang out the 50,000 words for it and it just really taught me how to set aside time for writing not finding excuses, you know, I'm tired, I have to make dinner, I have to go, I, I want to go hang out with friends, you know, when you're working full time, it's really taking, it's making writing a priority, and it's like having another job. So I think that's why so many people get stuck in that, um, that little area where they're like, I really want to write, I have all these ideas, but I'm just so tired, and 
it's like, well, you have to look at it like, you know, like working out, like exercise. It, it's not necessarily something as easy or simple as sitting down and watching a TV show. You have to put in some effort. But if that's what you want to do to reach your goal, it's, you know, the same thing as, like, getting in shape, losing weight, you know, eating healthier. It's you have to be disciplined. And I do think that NaNoWriMo was that chance for me to really say, okay, I need to get disciplined here. I need to write, you know, 2,000 or 2,500 words a day to write 50,000 words in 30 days. So it gives you kind of an, an end point. It gives you m more of a, an outline to follow so you can say, okay, I, I can get to this goal, a daily goal, then a weekly goal, then a monthly goal. I think a lot of people need that because if it's just kind of like floating in the air, you know, like how do I, how much do I do, when do I do it, it's kind of whenever I want, then it, a lot of times it's never even, it's never going to happen. And that's how I was for a couple of years. Yeah, if you wait until you have time, you know, November goes by, December goes by, next thing you know, you're older and it's a year later. And, yeah. I mean, right. that's what, that's, uh, you know, as I, once I became disciplined, it was like, it was like, what work, you know, exercising, you know, I had to say every night after a long day at work, I would not make dinner or I would do something really easy. And I, then I would spend the next two hours getting my word count for the day. Mm, and wow. the reason why I say it changed my life is because, you know, I started really working on a serious story. It was like the first novel I really wrote. I got past, you know, the first 10 pages and I started to realize not only that I could do it, like it is possible I can write a novel, but also that I loved it. Like I was just so absorbed with the story and I was like, what is this, you know, this amazing feeling of just being lost in my imagination and I had never gotten that far before. So that's why I say NaNoWriMo really changed my life because I, after that, I, I changed careers. I stopped pursuing psychology, and I was like, I want to be an author. So it changed my life. I mean, and, and here I am a year later, and I wrote a book, and I'm releasing it in a month. So it really did change my life. <laughs> wow. So did you write it on Wattpad, like in public? Um, the, the NaNoWriMo story I did, and I did post it. I, um, I posted, you know, like the chapters, and it was – because I was so new, it was a first draft, and you know, going back, I re I realized I, I I shouldn't have been sharing that with pu the public if I thought that it was so amazing. You know, now that I am, uh, you know, to the point where I've done four drafts of a novel, I can recognize that a first draft is basically like a word vomit. You know, blah, like everything you think of. There's no cohesion. There's typos. You know, it's just, and that's how it should be. But yeah, I did post it, and I got some good feedback, and I met some really awesome writers. That's how I first started meeting writers in the community was through Wattpad, and then I ended up taking that story down because you know I want it to be something I'm proud of when I'm posting my writing. But I met some really great people, and it was like I said, the first introduction I had to um, this writing community, and and really thinking maybe this is something I want to do as a career, not just for fun. That is awesome. 
You know, Wattpad is interesting. I have I have a Wattpad account. I've never done anything on it. I can't quite wrap my head around it. I know it has this kind of reputation for being more for like young adult stuff, which oh, I know is not. It really, at least from what I've seen. I mean, I'm sorry. I feel like I kind of interrupted you, but yes, okay. most of the stories I've seen were about you know, like they were kind of fan fiction, and that's that's totally okay. It's just it's not necessarily your audience, and that's what I realized. Because I thought maybe my work is not maybe my work is terrible, but I was reading, I was seeing what else was on there, and what was doing really well, and I was like, okay, you know, this isn't that's not my audience. You know, I'm looking for an older audience, not not a fan fiction about One Direction. So that's what seemed to be most popular. I was like, what is this? I just heard on the, uh, I don't know if you listen to the Sell More Books podcast. If you don't, you should. Uh, but they were a news item about somebody who just got a big, like some kind of publishing deal because of her One Direction fan fiction. Really? Yeah, from Wattpad. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like two wow. weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, that, I can see, I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey, that was fan fiction when it got yeah. started. And I yep. think... You know, if you have the the gift and the talent, you're kind of using those, you know, that that subject matter, and it's already a beloved subject matter. So a lot of times, it can be very successful. Yeah. But that <laughs> it's, just, is but it's not it's not your thing, and it's not my thing, <laughs> right? No, 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 right. not my thing. Well, that's interesting. You met some interesting people, and then you took it. You took that down. You've gone through several drafts now, and then you're ready to release it in December, right? Yeah, this is actually a new novel. So the one I worked oh, on okay. last year, that was what sparked my inspiration, you know, sparked my love. And I was like, you know, this is something I really want to do. But what I ended up finding out was, uh, you know, another important thing is um, when you become tired of a story, you know, if you take too long, like in Stephen King's On Writing, you know, he says you want to write a first draft no, no longer than three months because you know you spend time with that story and you can become kind of, it becomes stale in your mind and you know what I did for NaNoWriMo as much as it was exciting to me when I really um, buckled down and, and you know wrote the 50,000 words for it the story had been in my brain and you know it had been kind of sitting on my computer already for about a year and a half and I just um, I wanted something new and fresh, so this I, I wrote a short story uh, that that was in February of this, you know. So about a month and a half later, you know, I, I got the writing bug, so I, I wrote this dystopian short story, um, published that on Amazon, and that was also a great learning experience. I have a couple posts on my website about you know just what I learned, how to post online, you know, how to put your stuff on Amazon, how to format it, that sort of thing, um, and then this summer. I I had a, an idea for a new novel and I wrote the first draft in two months and then that's what I'm releasing now after I've done four drafts of it. Oh, so okay. I'm, I'm waiting to get it back from my editor right now and then I will do one more final draft so that'll make five drafts and then it will go up um, December 13th, which is my birthday. So Yay. <laughs> I know, I'm like, yeah. what? How is my birthday ever going to top this? You know, like <laughs> my, my debut novel released on this birthday. So. Well, you're going to have to release a novel on every birthday. Exactly. Yeah, I could do that. That's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody will know. 
Oh, that's that's great. And so what is the uh so you, you release a dystopian short story, you said. Yeah, and you put cool. it up on Yeah. So okay. I did that. Um that was a kind of a, a great learning experience too, because that was the first um piece of work that I actually finished. You know, that was my you know, so I did Nano Rimo last year, and that was my first experience into writing um, a long piece of work and and being like, you know, realizing I can write this, I can I can go the distance if you want to say that. So then, Cruel was my um, experience in writing numerous drafts, you know, and I and I actually did send Cruel to a couple beta readers. So that was my first experience with beta readers. So it was it was what I liked about it was short story basically taught me everything I would need to know for uh, writing and publishing a full book, but I didn't have to wait, you know, six months to to get it to fruition. So with the short story, Cool took me about a month and a half, um, you know, to write it and edit it, send it out to beta readers, revise it. So that's what I did you know, uh, in February and March, and then by the summer, I was ready to start working on the full-length novel. I felt, I felt that I was able to complete a story and have it cohesive and have it be something that I had, you know, finished and was proud of, the finished product. It, it felt like it was possible before I always thought, I can never write a whole book. I, I can't even wrap my mind around that. How do you how do you do it? How do you fit all the pieces together and make it all make sense and be something that people love? I just it was the most daunting thing to me um, until I did it myself with Cruel, and then I was like, okay, I can do this with a full length novel. So just baby steps. I, I encourage everyone to do that. You know, just do it. Do a poem. Do a short story. Do a novella. If that's what you need to do to realize that you can complete a full-length novel, it's possible, then that's what people should do. So it's not as a huge mountain that you have to climb until you know you can climb, you know, the smaller mountain. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that's one of the great things about indie publishing as well is that it, you can publish any length you want. You know, no one's telling you you have to hit a certain uh, length for, for whatever. You know, you just, right? It's so much more freedom, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the... Um, I have a million things I want to ask you about, actually. So, uh, <laughs> and I talk a lot too, so. I'll... Oh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> so, um, let's talk about what your novel's about, and then I want to circle back to the beta reader thing. Okay, so sounds what great. Is your, what is your novel that's coming out December thirteenth about? Okay, so it is a young adult fantasy novel, and it's a, it has steampunk elements, and um, I I say that it's has those elements but it's not maybe a full fully immersive steampunk novel because ultimately I wanted my book to be about relationships and be about finding confidence within yourself finding love within yourself I wanted it to be about I'm sorry finding love outside of yourself but um, you know to be about the characters and the steampunk element is mostly uh, the Victorian science fiction so there are some unique there's some unique technologies that don't actually exist here in our world. Uh, the, there's kind of a Victorian theme with the clothing, um, and with they live in 
basically the the, the elite, the arist, I can never say that word, aristocracy. Um, they live in floating, like floating cities above the poor people. So I call the poor people, the peasants, so to speak. So it has that that theme of of a different time, almost of a medieval time. They live in, you know, the the leaders of the aristocracy live in palaces. Um, so you know, just kind of everything that I've always loved. I loved thinking about royalty. I loved thinking about palaces. I loved I loved magical creatures. Like I have, um, you know, a, a circus troupe comes to the aristocracy they're having a, a celebration and there's a, a circus show and there's you know there's magical creatures and people with unique abilities and just basically it's a mashup of everything that I've always loved you know those fantasy elements um, and just cool clothing and and um, you know those things you know that's but that's not the important part the important part is that my protagonist, uh, her name is, she's a duchess, so she's not a princess, she's, but she's in charge of, so to, so to speak, she's really not given a lot of power, but she is kind of the monarch of this one city that she lives in, and um, it's, the, the book basically starts with, you know, we meet her, and we see that her arranged marriage her, to her husband um, is just failed miserably, he he despises her. He hates her. She doesn't know why. And you know, it's a as the book begins, that's that's a pivotal point for her. It's she, she's really struggling. She's she doesn't know what to do. She wants him to like her. I'm sorry, love her. And it's um, I kind of wanted to start off the book with a young woman who's struggling with the thoughts that I think a lot of young women struggle with, which are feeling wanting to feel loved wanting to feel accepted and and you know feeling that rejection and basically I'm sorry my dog yeah, my dog's barking she hears a car um, so we just had an interruption there <laughs> so you were saying that your book is a, it's kind of a steampunk uh, novel with a young heroine who is uh, struggling because she she's trying to find love basically right and she she's a duchess well, yes, she she does. She she wants to feel loved and accepted. What you end up finding out later is that uh, she spent her youth kind of as a an isolated child and wasn't nurtured. Her parents died when she was really young, and so she kind of lived in this, um, you know, this is the phrase ivory tower, like a you know just a very privileged life, but a very lonely life. Mm -hmm. But um, the thing that sets her apart is that she has uh, an invisible companion. So Ooh. he and he changed. He's an animal, he ch but he can change form. Uh, his name is Roan. So my my character, her name is Ambrose, D Duchess Ambrose. So Ambrose has her companion Roan, who's been her constant companion since she was since she can remember. But nobody else can see him, or hear him, or interact with him. And um, she ends up part, the whole part of the book. Mika, stop! I'm sorry. Um, the whole part of the book is that she ends up finding out why does she have this invisible companion? What does that mean? Why is her government having some sort of 
trials or exploration of the spiritual supernatural realm that they have deemed illegal. So they, they've decreed that nobody could talk about it or think about it, this, you know, a spiritual place, what is beyond this world? And she grew up thinking that was illegal and, you know, you're not supposed to do that. So then she ends up finding out that her government actually is, you know, attempting to contact this spiritual realm. And then the fact that she has an invisible companion means that she has a, a, a special sort of gift and she ends up finding out how those two tie together. Okay, so, that sounds great. Yeah, that's, that sounds interesting. <laughs> so I'll, I'll read that. Okay, cool. You'll get a copy. <laughs> All right, awesome. <laughs> I like. Um, I've been getting into young adult lately, so I've been reading. I've been reading more and more of it. It's uh, and that's that's that sounds fantastic. Uh, literally, literally, I guess fantastic, but also. <laughs> Yeah, it is. That was really, really good. Um, so you, um, so you got this this great sounding book coming out on the on the thirteenth, and you you've been a writer for about a year, yeah. <laughs> right? Which yeah. is crazy to me, which is amazing and and awesome. Um, so I want us to go back to your uh, to your kind of methods, I guess you could say. So you wrote you you did NaNoWriMo, you succeeded. That gave you the confidence to to continue writing and, and gave you the kind of idea to, to be a writer, to be an author, basically, Absolutely. right? Um, mm -hmm. Changed your literally changed your life, changed the whole trajectory of what you were doing, um, <laughs> which which is incredible to me. And then so you wrote a, a draft of a, a a second novel, and you you mentioned beta readers earlier, and I think the 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 concept of a beta reader is familiar to uh, a lot of my audience, but maybe maybe not everybody. So I'd like to maybe talk about how did you go about getting beta readers? What is a beta reader? How did you go about getting them, and how do they fit into your process? Okay, absolutely. Um, so beta readers are essentially people who agree to read your draft of your novel before it's publishable. Uh, it could be at any stage. What I did was I wrote my first draft, which is, you know, a, a mess. It's just, there's a, riddled with typos and kind of having to fit together the pieces of your novel, the scenes, and, okay, wh what do I want to keep? What was kind of a tangent that doesn't really uh, make sense or, you know, it doesn't really have a place here in this book? So then you write your second draft, which is hopefully more cohesive, makes more sense. Um, it is more of a, a novel that you can follow and, and make sense of and enjoy. So then um, I sent it out to the couple of people who I had met through Wattpad and through Twitter, another great way to meet writers. Uh, so I had been compiling a list of about five to six friends who, over the course of writing my first and second drafts, had said, I would love to read your, your novel when, when you're ready for uh, critiques you know, for, or for a beta reader, somebody to give you, my, give you their thoughts. So um, then I did, I sent it out to my six people, I believe, who were friends of mine. And uh, waited, I, you know, I gave them a timeline because I, I am on a strict deadline. And I said, I completely understand you're busy, but I'm hoping to get this back within the next three to four weeks. Um, what I ended up doing is actually because it was, you know, a full-length novel, 
I edited my book in thirds. So I did the first third in about four to five days, sent that out. I did the second third, sent that out. So I thought, okay, better to split it into chunks that are more easily digestible and also hopefully to get responses more quickly. So I did that, got my responses back, and then when I uh, had received most of my email responses, I uh, compiled them into a document and printed it out. So then I had my hard copy to use while I went through my third draft with their thoughts, you know, fixing things. The main things that I was told needed fixing were being more uh, descriptive and detailed with my world building because it is a, an alternate universe and it has a lot of components of the floating, you know, the floating city. Uh, people didn't understand that completely. I needed to be very detailed and descriptive about, you know, how is it floating? Why is it floating? You know, how, how much space is between them, you know, where, so the, so the peasants live down on the bottom, on the ground, you know, it's a lot of detail. So that was one thing that I, I mostly heard was a confusing aspect that I had to be more descriptive about. The other thing was some character development. So uh, I, I received some feedback from, from some readers that said, I don't really understand why so-and-so did this or I don't really know what does this person look like or tell me more about this person. What is their background? So I realized, you know, I, I see these people in my head. So I see how they look, but that doesn't necessarily mean I translated it into the document. So, right. I mean, their feedback, it is, it is vital to writing a novel that is something that a lot of people are going to be able to read and enjoy and understand. I think that's what was the most important thing was, you know, are people seeing and understanding what I see and understand? Because that's what you need to make sure of, that they are they are fully comprehending this world that you've created and that they enjoy it. Because if it's something that's confusing or, you know, missing something important about a character, you know, that's, you lose your readers because they don't identify. So... So with these uh, six beta readers, now you you had them give you feedback directly. This was after your second draft, but uh -huh. before you went to a professional editor, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and they were, obviously they understood that this was an unfinished work and you were looking for feedback. Absolutely, right? yeah. Uh, did major you give warnings. us some, what's that? <laughs> I said major warnings in the beginning, you know, go, go <laughs> it's definitely nothing, you know, it is not ready for publication yet, so yeah, <laughs> warning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. And and they and they knew that. Did you give them guidelines in terms of like you're probably looking for more story level and character level stuff than more you didn't want like proofreading or anything no, like that. No, exactly. That is something that I I made very clear. I do not want you nor need you to spend time fixing my typos. You know, that is not your your job, so to speak. I mostly want you to read it and enjoy it and tell me what parts you enjoyed the most what parts you enjoyed the least, what characters you really liked, who, who did you identify with. Overall, fundamentally, did you enjoy this book and, and why or why not? And that's what I needed okay. to know. So I, I made that very clear from the beginning. That's perfect. And so each one of them gave you feedback individually and then you found mm -hmm. things that were common between them, right? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That is, 
you know, because, for instance, um, I heard that from, from one reader that my chapter names were, she would have preferred if they were a little more interesting, or she said they were a little generic. And, you know, I, I spoke with the other five, and no one else felt the same. So, you know, right. with things like that, it's kind of you do take it as with a grain of salt or say, okay, I, I'll give that some thought. But if it's not uh, a consensus among everyone, then it's a lot of time that's just their opinion. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and these are all people you met on Wattpad and Twitter. Correct. And also um, Facebook. I, I did post something on Facebook. And a lot of friends who were non-writer friends, they actually became interested in reading it. So I sent them out the third draft. So after I had fixed um, a lot of the plot holes and the, the major issues, you know, it was a pretty refined novel at that point, so I sent out my third draft to the non-writer friends. So these are just readers of young adult novels, and, um, you know, when I got the feedback from them, that was really special because a lot of people were saying how they just, they loved it, they couldn't believe they knew the writer. They, you know, I had a, a good friend who said um, she sent it to her family and was saying, you know, that Ashley wrote this and, you know, give it, you know, it's just so, it's so wonderful. So it, you're not getting as, um, I guess, constructive criticism in the sense of it's a writer who can look at it and say, this part is, um, you know, doesn't make sense. It's more of you're getting that overall, these people are not as critical. So when they're not writers, they can just read it as a, as a book, as a book they pick up from the, from a bookstore. And, that was helpful because then I, I really knew, okay, I have something here that people are really enjoying. Um, That's great. And then also just if there was any some if there was any confusion and they told me, I, I would realize, okay, I still need to tweak that. You know, I need to be more descriptive with that, um, you know, with that world. But other otherwise, it was great to just get some overall feedback from people, um, you know, liked it, loved it didn't really like it, you know, that, that was good too, just for confidence building. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, I'm at the stage right now where I'm about to be soliciting beta readers for my memoir, and then um, in a couple, I don't know, maybe a month or two for my novel. You know, I have a novel, it's a new adult novel. In fact, Ooh. I didn't realize, I didn't realize, it, yeah, I didn't realize it was a new adult novel until I wrote it, and that's then awesome. rewrote it, and I was like, you know what, this is a... <laughs> <laughs> it just hit me, so I tweaked the style a bit to to kind of fit what I, what I consider to be new adult, um, and it's you know kind of a near future kind of real tech heavy kind of thing. Um, but my my thing about what beta readers is that I haven't I haven't solicited them yet, and my my um, intention is to go to my list. I have an uh, email list which is made up mostly of people who are um, either people I know, some of them. Yeah. Um, people who are interested in writing in general, but I have a lot of people who are who came to my site. I have one particular post on my website that's that's really popular um, about um, how to defend your doctoral dissertation. Um, uh -huh. After I defended mine, I wrote this. A lot of people sign up to that uh, on that page. So a lot of people who are um, have doctorates or are getting doctorates or academics and stuff like that. And I think what I want to do, and tell me if this sounds right to you, what I, I think what I want to do when I solicit beta readers, I think I want my beta readers to be people that I do not know personally. Uh-huh. I you know, that's a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's. I'm gonna put it out to my list first, and then maybe on Twitter and whatnot, and just say like, like that's one of the stipulations for the first round of beta readers, people that don't know me, because I think it would make me nervous, and I feel like they're gonna feel like they want to be nice. And I don't okay. necessarily want people just to be nice, you know. That was uh, one of my first readers was actually my mom, and. Okay. He read it. Uh, I, I didn't tell her, you know, you need to read this. I, I had some other people who had given me feedback, but she said, no, I want to support you. I want to read it. And I said, okay, you, you can do that on one condition, and that's that you're completely honest with me because I don't want <laughs> you to give me sugar coat. I want you to tell me the truth. And it's funny because she actually ended up being the person who was most honest with me about it and really – pointed out something very pivotal to me, which was that I needed to build more on my main character because she said, I don't feel like I care about this person enough. And that was so important to hear. And so I think that your your audience, first you want it to be tailored to your audience. So if they're not young adult, I'm sorry, if they're not new adult readers, let's say, for your, for your novel, um, they might not be the person or, the you know, the people you want to read it just because they don't really know what it is or what, you know, they're not drawn to that genre. Um, right. But possibly, they, if they're open to it, yes. So you do want to make sure it's the right audience. Um, but if they are people you know, then yeah, you have to say, please be honest with me. You're helping me more by being honest than by being nice because, you know, if I'm going around thinking I have this wonderful piece of work and I'm going to share it with the world without tweaking it to make it that wonderful, then, you know, that's doing, that's a disservice to, to me ultimately for my product. Right. But I think yeah. that if that is something you don't think your friends or family would be able to do or that it might create some tension because it is a hard thing to hear criticism, it, you know, when you create a book or a piece of art or or anything, you know, you build a car, you know, that is something that you created. It's from your soul. I feel like it's from your heart and soul. And so when somebody doesn't see what you see or they have something, maybe a, a constructive criti criticism, it can feel like a personal, personal attack. And if that right. is going to create some tension for you with your, with your close friends or family, then yeah, I would definitely say stick with people you don't know, but uh, just make sure that they are being upfront and honest with you about mm -hmm. it too. So, and the good thing about knowing people, you know, if they're friends or family um, is that you can usually be, have a better chance of being in contact with them. You can call them. Um, right. cause the thing is a lot of people say they're going to do stuff and they don't do it. And I, I totally understand. I get how busy everyone is. Um, you know, this is just adding one more, uh, piece of work onto their day, but you do want to make sure that your beta readers are people that you can count on, that they are going to follow up with you because this is vital information. You need it and you usually need it, you know, pretty quickly or with some, some sort of time frame in mind. And a lot of people, like I said, I had a ton of people on Facebook who said, yeah, send it to me. I would love to read it. And, you know, I do it, but I don't count on hearing responses. I, I don't. Not, <laughs> right. That, that's okay because then I feel like I don't get disappointed but you know I go into it realizing people are so busy and they say they, they're going to do stuff and then they don't do it so you do want to have a couple people who you you can really count on they are going to respond to you and if that's people you know or people you don't know you, you know you really need to make sure that you can follow up with them be in contact yeah, 
That's great. I think I'll do what you did. Do the uh, find people I don't necessarily know for the first round, and then maybe give it to people I know for the second round. Although there are two people now that I'm thinking about it that might be able to do some uh, beta reading on that for the novel. Yeah. Memoir is a little harder because the memoir is harder because a lot of the people I know are actually in the memoir. <laughs> so you know that's uh, <laughs> that's trickier, yeah. you know. But I'll work that out. I'll figure that. Out. That's actually actually turned out to be harder to write than the novel. The memoir did, even though even though it's all true, because it's just so like it, it's so personal. Oh, and, of course, I'm yeah, sure. And I, I mean, want to write. I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say a lot of people in in therapy are encouraged to write journals and encouraged to mm-hmm. kind of go back and work through those past their past. And I'm not saying that you know it, it is it's a form of therapy for a lot of yeah. people, and but you are delving into some possible painful memories or just yeah. times in your life that can be nostalgic, they can be positive or they can be hard to, to go back to. So I totally yeah. get that. That Yeah. That's not it was, it was very it was very therapeutic actually writing the uh, writing the draft because there's so much it's a draft of my it's I'm sorry, it's a memoir of my time in graduate school and all kinds of uh, stuff happened, you know. During that time, I got married, I got divorced, my dad died. There's all kinds of stuff oh, that, like wow. you said, it was very therapeutic. But now I'm at the stage where, going back to uh, you, you mentioned Stephen King earlier. The whole like, I wrote with the door closed, right? Yeah. <laughs> and now I have to write with the door open. And uh-huh. and it's like, what do I put in? What do I leave out? Whose names do I change? What identifying characteristics do I change? You, you know what I mean? Like, there's all yeah. kinds of stuff. About that that I have to deal with as well. So that is a lot. That's a whole other animal right there. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's been so difficult, and that's why the beta reader thing is a little tricky as well. You know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would probably solicit people then that you don't know for the memoir, yeah. Um, yeah. and hopefully they would be people that you can count on to respond. So yeah, that's just. I think that's. I think that's what I. I think my list will be good for that because I think my list has a lot of people who would be interested yeah. in that. So. Absolutely, I think so too. Yeah. So um, and so, I noticed you. I noticed you signed up for my list. Thank you <laughs> for signing up for that. By the way, um, so um, speaking of Twitter and Facebook and social media, your online presence is really, really interesting to me. It's very compelling. You have uh, <laughs> a website at ashleyrcarlson.com. You seem to be fairly active on Twitter. That's how I found you. Um, was on Twitter because you had tweeted to um. Better Novel Christine at Better yeah. Novel Project, yeah. Yeah, Better Novel Project, and she retweeted your tweet. This was just yesterday, and that's how I contacted you, you know. Um, and, and I mean, it's a beautiful thing, Twitter and, and the Internet. I just, it it's, is. It's so, it's so amazingly wonderful. Um, so then, you know, I was looking at your, at your website, and you have a really, really interesting mix of um, – kind of how-to kind of stuff, very practical and useful posts, how to handle criticism, um, you know. Um, space, about, how to print something, yeah. Yeah, your create space thing is very interesting. You have a YouTube video about that. But then sprinkled throughout that, you have thoughts you might have after becoming single or <laughs> yeah. why, why Jennifer Lawrence and I should be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Great mix of personality and practicality in there. I really, really like it. And uh, and you've got a you know decent number of Twitter followers. Um, and and yeah. so I'm wondering, like, how did you? Was there a uh, strategy there going in? Were you? Did you already have a blog, or did you did you start that when you decided to become an author? Was there a strategy like I'm going to be personal and practical, or was it just just you <laughs> or what? Um, 
Good, good question. Um, okay, so I started my Twitter last year when I did when I started doing NanoRimo, <clears throat> and when I first started it, I kind of uh, found a couple of friends who 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 were writers, and then I started friending their friends who were writers. So um, I did that for a couple weeks, and that was kind of what built my base of you know people I was following and en enjoying their tweets and that sort of thing and and people seem to reciprocate uh, as time went on I was a little more um, not careful but a little more selective about who I who I followed or I mean and it, to me it's just it's like such a silly thing to be like oh who do I follow like are are you cool enough are you not cool enough you know I just I have a hard time with that because I do feel like I want to be nice and supportive to everyone and would hope they feel the same. I mostly, though, tried to follow people who who seemed to be tweeting things that were, uh, you know, either funny or helpful and be a person. That's the main thing I think, uh, you know, that I, I don't like about Twitter or about really anything is that when it becomes a spam thing for people and they just want to, like, you know, keep tweeting their links of their book or what have you. Yeah. Um, that's hard for me because you know I want to know who you are as a person, and then I, then I want to support your art. You know, that's for me like uh, Ksenia Anska. So she's a very well-known indie published. I'm sorry, indie writer. You know, self-publisher. She has a wonderful blog. I found that, and uh, she just she's a real person, and she's funny, and she has a great personality, and. I that's kind of what I went off of. I said, you know, I want to be like that. I want to be uh, open and honest about myself, and I want to be a real person. I want I want either what I put into this social media to either be something that's funny, you know, bring some happiness or amusement to somebody's mm -hmm. day, or is uh, something that is can, can be utilized. You know, it's about writing or it's about the, the publishing industry. I very rarely talk about, you know, here's my post. Like I might, I might tweet that a couple of times, but I really don't want to be uh, spending a lot of time or energy uh, bogging down people's Twitter feeds and, you know, just basically promote, promote, promote myself. It's, I don't, I don't think that that sends out a good message. Um, you were mentioning my blog. Um, the reason why I have a couple of different avenues. I, I do talk about the technical aspect of writing and, and self-publishing, but I also do try to be personal and I, you know, I talk about my relationship that ended this summer. Um, I talk about, and, and I don't want to make it, um, you know, a journal. I don't want to be pouring out my heart and talking about my problems. I want to uh, empower people, encourage people, uh, share with people, you know, this is what's going on with me, but this is how I've used it to uh, feel to get stronger. And I think that you can too. For like with my latest post about criticism, I talked about uh, you know growing up and how I was very unpopular when I was younger, and I was just I really wanted people to like me, and um, I mean I was just I was desperate for it, and I I think that. People could sense that, and I, so I tried to tie that in with being a, being an author. You know, you want to you want to have a strong foundation in yourself and a confidence in yourself because if you're sort of desperate for approval and you're just 
you know, you're, you're getting it from outside sources and you, you don't have it within yourself, then anytime you get some criticism or a bad review or somebody doesn't read your work and, and you know, you, you take it in so deeply and that's, I think, detrimental uh, in numerous ways. So, like I said, I try to be personal and show people, you know, I'm, an, I'm a regular girl. I don't know everything. I... I was a super nerdy person when I was growing up. You know, I struggled with 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 my with certain things, and I just want people to feel like they like me as a person, um, so that then they want to read my work and and say, okay, I I like Ashley Carlson. She seems like a nice girl. I don't know what her book's about, but I'm gonna read it or I'm gonna check it out because she seems really funny and she seems really down to earth, and so I I'm I'm interested in what she's creating. I think I, it'll work for you. I, <laughs> I think so. you do a really, really good job of that because you, you're going to attract people who are interested in being uh, authors themselves with your informational stuff, but then you're going to get people who just want to read your your musings, right? You know, because you, you yeah. have a very good voice on your blog and you do seem very down-to-earth and, and uh, wow. you know, well-spoken, well well-written, whatever the word is. Uh, <laughs> so I think that'll work. I think people will, my opinion is that people will want to read your novels in your fiction because so. of that. I think you, you strike a good balance. I've had a blog for seven years and I don't, <laughs> for a lot of time it was very unpersonal. I was, I was very careful to make it very academic and it's only um, recently that I've been branching out more on that. On Twitter I'm very personal and very kind of yeah. human. And, you know, like you, no one wants to be like, here, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. No one, I won't, I'll unfollow people who do that and so will I, you. I, I do know, too. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like why, what, what, how? I mean, not that they that they should be all about enriching my life, but it's like, well, you know, how, how, why would I want to support you? I don't even feel like I know you. I feel like you're just like an automated spam. Yeah. And I don't. And a lot of times, a lot of times they are. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's, it's quite a deterrent for wanting to support their work because I don't feel that I know them, and I, and I don't know that I like them if. If they're right. not willing to show their personality and their their honesty, then you know I, I don't feel very I don't feel very connected to them or right. want, or their work. So yeah. yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure in what universe that works. That whole like buy my thing like you get these uh, Twitter people. You get it, I get it. Following people, you and their their whole bio is like a link to their Amazon profile where you can buy their stuff. And you go on their tweets and it's all like, hey, this is coming out. This is and you're like. Why do I care about this? I don't exactly. even know you. And then they unfollow oh, you like two days later, you know? Yeah, you don't care. And that's, right. right, when you say, why do I care about this? It's, we, we don't care. And that's that's what I think is missing from those types of um, presence, online presence that they choose is, you know, why should we care? Tell us why we should care. Like for me, my two main things that I talk about are how much I love Jennifer Lawrence and how much <laughs> I love animals. And those are the two things that I think set me apart because I love animals. I post pictures of my animals and, you know, um, I try to kind of raise a, a little bit of awareness about animal shelters or animal organizations that need support. Um, and then also I'm really oddly and weirdly obsessed with Jennifer Lawrence and I think we should be <laughs> friends. So I talk about that because, you know, that's my personality. Like I that's how I identify myself and hope, you know, when people think about me, they think, uh, you know, she's that weird girl who is 
probably stalking Jennifer Lawrence right now somewhere. <laughs> or also, my other thing is that I'm usually like dating or on Tinder or like I talk about my silly, you know, my silly things or being single. You know, that's that's another thing that I I hope people can laugh and enjoy me just being completely honest and upfront. I'm just a big dork, and we're all, you know, we all want to be loved and we all want to be in relationships that are successful and. I like telling people about, you know, my personal experiences and they can feel like, oh, yeah, I've been there or I never want to be there or whatever. And I could just be like a right, real person. <laughs> Being a real person, I think, is so important. You know, just don't don't be putting up these these fronts or be this spam bot. Just be be yourself and, and be, be kind. You know, don't be yourself if you're a mean person, but... <laughs> be, be a different person if you're a mean person, but be a That's kind person. Put put positivity in the world. Uh, be be down to earth, you know. And then I think too, if you make mistakes, you know, like for instance, if I have like typos in my posts, or uh, you know, I, I maybe I put out something about my book and it doesn't sound exactly right or something, um, people are more forgiving because. You know, when you're just yourself and you say, like, oh, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, and you're just honest with them, I think that's when you're going to get the best response. People will give you a little bit more uh, leeway for that sort of thing, which is important in indie publishing because we all make lots of mistakes because we don't have a huge publishing house that is behind us to, you know, smooth out all those wrinkles, you know, behind the scenes. Right. We're doing yeah. everything. And it's bound. You're bound to have, make a mistake somewhere. So. Yeah, absolutely, or more than one, probably. But. Oh yeah, that's a, lots. That's lots how lots. it goes. Yeah, yeah, lots and lots of mistakes. You know. It's, <laughs> it's fun to make mistakes. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. very fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how you learn. You learn from them. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, what is? Do you want to tell people your Twitter handle? Absolutely. My Twitter, my Twitter handle is Ashley R. Carlson one, and um, the same thing for Google Plus. It's Ashley R. Carlson. So I usually uh, like on my books, I go by Ashley R. Carlson, but you know Ashley Carlson works too. Uh, the the main reason why I chose to put the initial, the middle initial in, is because Ashley Carlson is uh, such a uh, ge generic type name. A lot of people were named Ashley Carlson, so I wanted to buy my own domain, and I had to do the Ashley R. Carlson. Uh, and I know how important it is to have continuity. You know, they say that you know, try to have your your name on you know on your website or you know your Twitter. You know, if if you're trying to build that sort of brand, it's it's easier for people to find you if your name is you know what you use for these various social media. Outlets. So yes, Ashley R. Carlson one is my Twitter handle. Okay, great, great. You know, I'm going to tell you a quick story, but I know we have to get going. But um, when oh. I uh, when I registered my um, my website, uh, EricMarshall.net, about I don't know how long, eight nine years ago or something like that, um, EricMarshall.com had been available, and I procrastinated, and I was like, oh, I'll just get it later. I wanted. I wanted .net anyway because like .com is like commercial, and I was I was an academic at the time. Whatever, I was a graduate yeah. student, and uh, so I procrastinated. I finally went to do it, and someone had registered it, 
that very same week, just a week before. Oh my god! And I was like, oh, and it, it's like a thorn in my side because it's my name is spelled with a K or I K, right? So it was just not that common. But Marshall's a pretty common last name, right? Yeah. So this guy who who registered it, he's in California. He's a kickboxer or some mixed martial artist or something like that, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, he's had the same site up there for years now. Nothing has changed. He got married and he has like wedding, wedding photos, and that's all it is. And uh, and but if you, it drives me nuts. But if You're you like, search, I want my handle or my, my, <laughs> my website name. That's mine. <laughs> right. Exactly. But um. But if you search for me, I've done a really good job of. If you search for me on Google, I come up first. Yeah. Uh, because I, I have more of an online presence, and I'm uh, sp- spreading across Google uh, Plus and Twitter and all this stuff, and I write in different mm-hmm. venues and stuff like that. So it's no big deal. But it's one of those like sort of yeah. things. You know? It's funny. I actually was reading um, some tips by a very, very uh, successful self-published author named Jamie McGuire, um, and she actually said that on her tips. She said, "Buy your domain name." And do it ASAP because if someone buys it, you know you're all you will be sorry, or you might have to pay a lot more money to um, you know renew it. Or what she was saying that like let's say you become uh, more well known. Like for instance, let's say I become well known, AshleyRCarlson.com. So let's say I don't renew my domain name in time, and somebody else buys it. So she said that people will do that. They will buy your domain name if you become somebody whose your name is known at at all. If you don't renew your domain in time, someone else will buy it. And I was thinking that's I've never thought of that before, but yeah. it makes a yeah, lot of sense. Sure. So yeah, make sure you do that. Like at least the guy who got mine was a real person. But yeah, you yeah. have to make sure. Um, yeah, so you know, uh, politicians will do that. Like uh, they'll. Those people like uh, George W. Bush, for example, had to buy up like George W. Bush sucks and George W. Bush right because people buy those, so politicians will buy all those as well. Oh, yeah, people don't buy them. <laughs> Isn't that, that funny? Is funny, yeah. <laughs> so I, every time a new social network comes online, I make sure I hit eMarsh. eMarsh is my Twitter handle, and so thing people just call me that in life. They're like, "Hey, eMarsh." So um, I like I make sure it. I, yeah, I do. Too. It's kind of like the J Lo thing. That's where it came uh-huh. from, believe it or not. But um. So I uh, I make sure I I get that every time I um you know I have a new uh, social media thing but yeah that stuff's really important in fact I was uh, I'm doing another kind of super secret project on it with a pen name and uh-huh. um, the first thing I do when choosing the pen name is is that domain available uh huh and I'm gonna buy the domains for my pen names before I even write anything just to make sure yeah. they're there make I sure I have them yeah definitely um. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say pen names was something I, I thought about for a little while because I, I wrote some, you know, a young adult novel, The Charismatics, is coming out um, you know, in a month. But I, I also was thinking about branching off into like erotica because I do like writing that or like romance. Um, and that's a, that's a really, really popular genre for uh, e-books especially. Yeah. And I spoke with a couple people and did some research because I thought, well, should I keep you know, my same name, Ashley R. Carlson, are people going to get confused? And well, what I found online was that um, a lot of people said, if you're an indie publisher, you know, indie writer, you you don't have to do that, or you could do, get rid of the middle initial. So I thought, you know, right. if, I, if I do branch out, I might just do 
um, you know, for my romance titles, go to Ashley Carlson. So I would right. still have that online presence and that name, but yes, it would be you wanted to d distinguish yourself from right. two very different genres. But yeah. the good thing about being an indie writer is that you don't have to please a traditional publisher. You know, you right. can kind of do whatever you want. So it's like if you want to keep your name, you can do that. It's yeah. just is it is it uh, you know what's the right thing to do and um, right. that, I think for everybody just depends on the situation. I would say if you're doing young adult and erotica, you should probably at least have some like different author pages on Amazon, oh, right? Yeah, different you know, authors. Thirteen year old girl like, oh, I really love Ashley uh, Carlson stuff. Let's see what this is. Whoa, yeah. right? You are absolutely right, and that, and I'm not even sure if I will go into that, but it was just something I was considering, and um, I mean, I, I enjoy writing romance type, uh, you know, that sort of thing, and like I said, I know it's a very popular genre, so I thought, yeah. you know, while my novel it might be taking some time to gain some traction and to gain a readership, if I was to write a bunch of uh, short stories that are romance or erotica, you know, those might have a an easier audience uh, to you know you, to reach, and then to yeah. to actually generate some income because that's pretty much my main my main focus right now is you know hopefully to be able to support myself as a writer full time, and right. that means you know Me making revenue. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, this super secret project I just mentioned with the pen names may or may not be erotica. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that. Yeah. May or may not. Yes, because like you said, it's uh, that that's a very popular genre that might get some revenue coming in, right? And it's oh, absolutely. Uh, and you know, yeah. I I did post actually. I posted a, an intimate scene on my website. I because I when I was writing my my book, The Charismatics, before it was a young adult novel. Um, I kind of wrote whatever I want, you know. I let it, I let yeah. it go where it went. And if it went to, if it went to a, an intimate scene, I let it go there because I, I was just, it was, I was writing it for myself. The first draft, you know, I was like, wh where do I want to go? Wh what do I want to experience right now and have my characters experience? So as I, um, you know, went, chopped it and chopped it and fixed it, and I, I cut those scenes because I, I really realized I can. Uh, gain a much broader audience by making this book a, a young adult. Right. But I did post one of my scenes on my website um, that was obviously quite graphic, and you know a lot of people, a lot of people said, you know, they applauded me. They said that's really brave that you're sharing that, and and you know, good good for you, and just shared shared some of their feedback, and um, I think that that was a, a, a pivotal point for me because it was taking a huge risk. You know, I was sharing something yeah. that it's a very private, intimate type thing, but I, I didn't want it to be something that people are ashamed of or ashamed to read or ashamed to enjoy. And oh, and I don't want to be ashamed to write it. So that's mm -hmm. kind of why I struggle with, you know, do I want to have a pen name? Because I think, well, I, I want to be proud of my work, but, but for instance, with you, you have an incredibly uh, academic... Um, persona and, and you know you you need to maintain that so a pen name ma makes a lot of sense for for yeah. that sort of situation if that's what you're doing I'm not saying that you are but you know, <laughs> for a lot of people you know they, they might be moms they might be lawyers they might be a doctor they might right. be uh, you know or they, they they might just want they don't want their family to know and that's yeah. that's completely understandable but for yeah. me I was like well 
it's out there. I wrote it. I liked writing it. I hope you enjoy it. And there you go. So yeah. If people weren't already convinced to go to your site, AshleyRCarlson.com, <laughs> you're going to see a bunch of hits uh, yeah. from the show notes tomorrow. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I didn't dig deep enough. I didn't see that one. That's great. Um, yeah, it's it's um, on the sidebar where it says my, my popular posts. Mm -hmm. I think it's titled, When Our Characters Get Intimate. So okay. I, talked about, I talked a little bit about, you know, well, why did I write this scene? And, you know, what do I think sex scenes should include? And I think they should include, you know, certain things. And, you know, uh, just I talked about it and then I just shared my, my scene. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it was really liberating. It was like, you know what, this is something I enjoyed writing and I'm not ashamed. And, you know, give me your thoughts and, you know, I hope you enjoy it too. Like, I don't think that uh, intimacy is something people should be ashamed of to read. Obviously, Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, just exploded. There was this market for it. And, you know, it was, it was something that I'm not saying that, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey is fantastic writing or anything like that. But I just think that it hopefully was changing the um, landscape of, of books and what, what they should include. And it's okay to include those moments. You know, you, you, you feel like you understand your characters that much better when they're in those types of situations. So I think it's a good thing. That's great. Yeah, I'll definitely read I just pulled it up. I'm going to read that for sure. Ah, um, <laughs> we've been talking for an hour. Okay. And it doesn't even feel like it at all. This has been great. Uh, I have a, a last question or two. Uh, are you doing NaNoWriMo this year? I'm not because I'm waiting to, well, uh, I'm working on some freelance editing. So I'm editing some manuscripts right now. And then also I'm waiting to get my re my uh, book back from my editor. And I will do one final fifth draft of my book. And then I will be getting that formatted. So I'm having, I hired Stuart Whitmore, I believe is his last name. He works for Crenal Publishing. So he's going to format my book, and then I have a cover designer, um, M.S. Corley. So he's going to be designing my cover. That's all going to be happening mid-November. So I will be, you know, very busy yeah. making sure that the book looks amazing and uh, fantastic, and it's something I'm proud of to share. So n not, unfortunately, not this year. I hope next year I'll, I will be able to do that. Okay. But I, I plan on... Go ahead. Any tips for people who are doing it? Any tips? Um, have a routine and, you know, be very disciplined. And also, uh, don't expect that you're going to be able to live your daily life uh, and your daily responsibilities this this month. I mean, <laughs> seriously, seriously, like, you know, go order something to go. Order takeout and... Uh, TiVo, all your DVR, all your TV shows. You're not going to be watching TV. You're not going to be eating, or you're not going to be cooking. You probably won't be showering. I mean, oh. <laughs> when I was writing, um, you know, last year, and even when I was writing my novel this summer, I seriously didn't do anything but write for you know those those allotted hours, mm. uh, and I because it. I mean, I could come up with a million excuses. I need to clean. I need to do laundry. I need to, uh, you know, feed my cat. No, you should definitely yeah. feed your cat. 
but you know, and I think that's that would be my main tips is being disciplined and and also do not read what you wrote. Do not read it over again. That is the number one problem. Um, every time you read what you just wrote the night before, you're gonna hate it and you're gonna want to change it, and that's gonna take you that much longer. Just keep writing. You know the story. It's inside of you. It's inside your heart. And just let it out. And when November is over, you can, you've written a novel. And you can go back and you can you know, spruce it up and polish it and make it something beautiful. But the only way you're ever going to be able to make something beautiful is if it exists. And the only way it's going to exist is if you just keep writing every single day. There you go. That is fantastic. Thank you so much. Great. I'm trying to decide whether I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to do it or not. I uh, I've tried before. Um, I have failed, but I mean I I I don't mind failing because I still have like twenty five thousand words or twenty thousand words of what's going to be the beginning of a pretty good novel, Absolutely. you know. And I have another like fifteen thousand from two years ago that I might be able to make something of. It's totally fine. But it's you know to break it down for those who don't know. It's 1,667 words per day every day of November. If you yeah. miss a day, that goes up to like 1,800 or 1,700. If you miss three days, that goes up. You know, it keeps going up. So, yeah. like you said, you if you're serious about it, you you know you need to you need to put those hours aside, and that's what you do. You know, mm -hmm. but and I do actually have one other tip, and that's called um, word sprints. Are you familiar with those on Twitter? Word oh, sprints. Word... Yeah. So. No. This is something I did for my novel this summer. So on Twitter, the uh, hashtag word sprints, it is um, when people on social media, Twitter mostly, um, they get together and you can just link in. You know, if you put up, if you put the hashtag in, look and see who else is doing it. And at certain intervals of time, they will do a word sprint, let's say to start at uh, 5 p.m. So for 30 minutes, we're going to write for 30 minutes, and then you do that, and then you come back to them and say, I just wrote a 1,000 words. So it's a way to give yourself a, an end point, a little bit of a competition, and you get to share it with people, and then they hold you, you hold each other accountable. So you can say, I just banged out you know, a 1,000 words in, in 20 minutes. Like that's, that's a great way to get yourself to complete your daily word count. It changed my life. So good. <laughs> changed your life. That is so great. Good, it, good. I mean, yeah. It was really helpful. Accountability. That's great. It goes well, a long way, that's for sure. Great. Well, I look forward to reading your book when it comes out, and I, when it does come out, I'll make sure I tweet it and and uh, and you know put it in the show notes for this. Um, also, if people go to the show notes at ericmarshall.net/slash/what, this is episode nine. Um, I'll have links to your website. I'll have links to your Twitter handle. And um, you mentioned some people uh, whose blogs you read that I don't know. So if you could send me the links to those, absolutely, I, would, I will. I'll put those in the show notes as well. Uh, yeah, so people can find you, and um, and like I said, I'll post the video for this as well, and you can do what you want with that. And okay. then the audio will go. The audio will go up on the thirty first, which is tomorrow. Um, this has been a lot of fun. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. 
And thanks for listening to the Wet Podcast. This is Episode 9 with Ashley R. Carlson. You can find the show notes at ericmarshall.net slash wet. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. See you next time.